Hey everyone, I'm Ted Rawl coming to you from the left. You are listening to the DMZ America podcast supplemental edition for Wednesday, January 26, 2022, reacting to breaking news that Justice Breyer is going to retire before the end of this year from the United States Supreme Court at the age of 83, creating an opening that will be filled by President Joe Biden. And this comes to a, uh, as a great relief to uh, Democrats who were worried that Justice Breyer might hold on past the midterm elections, after which time the Republicans very well might have control of the Senate or 2024, uh, after which they might well uh, also or, or have control of the White House. Joining me, coming to you from the right, is fellow political cartoonist from the Chicago Tribune, Scott Stantis. That's me. <laughs> that is you. <laughs> so, Scott, you called me uh, about an hour and a half, two hours ago after the news broke with an intriguing idea that has only uh, made more and more sense. Uh, I thought it made sense the second you told me but it makes even more sense the more I think about it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, why don't you just tell me what you told me? Yeah, I just texted you. I mean, it struck me like a lightning bolt and it just makes all the sense in the world. And like you, the more I thought about it, the more I think it makes perfect sense. Here it is in a nutshell. President Biden nominates a black woman to the Supreme Court. He said he would do it during the campaign. So that, that okay, so he's that's narrows the field. It's got... My prediction, or not prediction, but just my advice, if I was in Joe Biden's inner circle, this is what I'd be telling him. Mr. President, appoint Kamala Harris to the Why? Supreme Court. Why? A myriad of reasons. A, it fulfills your campaign promise. B, it gets her the hell out of there because she has been a train wreck and has been dragging you down. Three, you need some kind of reboot right now. Your poll numbers are in the 30 percentile. Um, you've got to do something dramatic. And this is, you got to admit, this is dramatic, but it also makes sense. She's a former prosecutor and she's attorney general of, of California, vice president, of course, U.S. Senator. I mean, she's qualified to hold high office because she holds it. Um, it gets, like I said, she hasn't been able to learn to be a national figure. And if you haven't done it at this stage, then you're never going to do it. Um, she's Dan Quayle is, is another example, although the press was at, was, you know, nipping at his heels the whole time he was in office. Uh, but he was never able to, because he didn't have the disposition, the intellect, whatever it was to rise up to that level. She is the same kind of person. She can, does not have those tools that can raise her up. So why not put her on the court? She's a perfectly viable candidate. Uh, she breezed through the Senate. And if there's a tie, she can break it. So <laughs> herself, yeah, that would be that would be weird. Has a former vice president ever? Do we know? Has a former vice president ever been nominated to the Supreme Court? No, but a former president, of course, William Howard Taft, who really loved being as Chief Justice after serving as president and then losing uh, to, to Woodrow Wilson. Uh, uh, Warren Harding appointed him, or was it, I can't remember if it was Harding or if it was uh, Coolidge who appointed him to the Supreme Court as the chief justice. Um, it just makes, I mean, so, you know, and that he's, he's the, certainly the first one. Um, uh, Hughes is kind of a weird story. He's associate justice, very popular in Republican circles, 
resigned from the court. How's that? Because he thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah, kids, people used to do that. And ran for president against Woodrow Wilson for Wilson's second term in, 20, in 1816. I mean, 1916, rather. And uh, lost by Whisker, one of the best stories ever. If I can just go on a tangent for a second, reporter calls the Hughes household and uh, the, the whoever answered the phone and they're serving some kind of servant or whatever said, I'm sorry, the president-elect is not available. Well, Hughes had gone to bed thinking he got elected and he damn near did. But uh, Woodrow Wilson pulled California out by, by the skin of his teeth late that evening and won. So the reporter goes, well, tell the, <laughs> tell the president-elect he isn't. I thought he said he ain't. He ain't. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it was 100 years ago when people used words like ain't. Um, I think they and so do. And so Hughes then, well, you know, kind of went up, but he was later appointed chief justice. So there are there there is some overlap. It's rare, but there is some over some political overlap. Um, Strom Thurmond, not Strom Thurmond, um, Thurgood Marshall was not a judge when he got nominated to the Supreme Court. He was a civil well-respected civil rights lawyer. But he now, was not. Now, the thing about Kamala Harris is she has more qualifications than Marshall did at the time because she is the former attorney general of the state of California, the most populous state in the union. Uh, so she's eminently qualified for the position. Uh, what I like about your, uh, your theory here is that even though it might seem to come out of House of Cards a bit, is that it really sort of elegantly solves. Uh, a problem that the Democratic Party had. I mean, as we've discussed previously, uh, Joe Biden is not running for re-election in 2024. That's fiction. That's bullshit. Uh, I think we can agree on that, right? So right. then the thing, he's just too old and too frail. So obviously the heir apparent was Vice President Harris, but she had approval rating uh, or I should say a disapproval rating, but she had an <laughs> approval rating of 28%. Uh, she, uh, she, that seems to have been an outlier, but she's polling low. She's polling uh, even at her best in the low 40s, uh, high 30s, which is really not where you want to be. If, you're gonna, if you want to clear the, the field the way that Obama did in 2012 and run unopposed in the Democratic primaries, not have primaries effectively, which is what she would need, then uh, she's not, she, she is not poised uh, to be, I mean, she's got major problems. She'll go into the primaries and she could lose. She could be successfully primaried out easily. I'd even go yes. so far as to say more likely than not. And if somehow she were to secure the nomination, perhaps the opposition is divided by uh, several ways, then she goes up against the Republican nominee, presumably Donald Trump. And I'm just going to say the odds are higher than 50% that she would lose, right? So, oh, God, yeah. So yes. if, if you're Kamala Harris, and it's like you're on two, Truth or Consequences, because we're old, we remember that show, what's behind <laughs> door number one? Door number one is you have a sinecure. You're going now to- that's let, Now that's let's make a deal. Now you're, let's you're, make a deal. But let's just say- you are you you have two things right option one you can go work for the supreme court uh you're young you're going to be there for three decades um it's a prestigious job you're going to effective you're going to affect more change arguably more easily than the president of the united states can for yes. far longer yeah. it's yeah. a pretty easy gig you're gonna you're gonna be remembered 
for the for all of eternity, for all of uh, U.S. as long as people care about U.S. history, um, and you'll be respected. I mean, even Clarence Thomas, even Brett Kavanaugh, even they are nevertheless Supreme Court justices, and they get a certain gravitas from that. Or you can go into great uncertainty world uh, where you could be humiliated in the primaries. And it's not unlikely she was humiliated in the primaries last time. She yeah. was more humiliated in the primaries than anyone else. She only had one and a half percent in the Democratic primaries. She is, if memory serves, she was the first person to retire. So she's got to be scared. I mean, to drop out, she must be scared of the Democratic primaries, right? If so, she's smart. But, but here's the thing, Ted. And she the DNC should be scared, too. They, um, I know they are. I mean, people who can read polls, who... Uh, I'm sorry. This is not, I don't hate Kamala Harris. I think it's real. I want to. Yeah, we're not talking about current. like, we're not talking about who likes who, but the American voters don't like Kamala Harris. But that's, and that's my point is that going, looking, just looking at this in sheer, you know, this is the, real the politics. We're talking politics about yeah. She is a disaster and she's not going to help uh, the ticket going forward. But this brings, this solves the Kamala Harris problem. Uh, it solves the, it might help with the reset problem. Right. And um, right. and it get it clears. And also, I think the Democrats really need an open field in 2024. They and need they need a, 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 a fully open small D Democratic primary that is truly open to everybody so that whoever emerges from that process has been tested by fire and blood and is <laughs> able to go out there and deal with Donald Trump, who will be a formidable adversary. They're not going to be fact, able to do a hand-picked kind of thing this time. No, you really can't. You can't do an establishment candidate. You and I have talked about this a lot in our, in our past podcasts, and if you haven't listened, you need to. Um, he needed, or he needs a reboot, and it was very difficult for us a couple of week a week ago even to think. He's already could- said he's not going to reshuffle his cabinet, and I don't think that would help anyway. It doesn't. Nobody gives a shit, especially because nobody even knows who's in his cabinet now. Now, think about what think about the excitement this gins up. All of a sudden, he is Donald Trump. He's done seriously in a way that he has done something unexpected. It's a huge distraction from covid. It's a massive from inflation. It's a distraction from Ukraine. It's it's like suddenly this is all we're talking about. And anyone who doesn't believe us right now, think about like how the nation was obsessed over Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and Barrett. I mean, those now Supreme Court nomination hearings are a big fucking deal. So they do the nomination hearings. She gets confirmed to the Supreme Court. You have another. She would, be, she would absolutely be confirmed. There's no oh, question like about that. No, right now, yes. There's, I mean, and I'm, I'm being serious. You could have a 50-50 vote, and she can. Well, it would be 50-50. Vote. It would be 50-50. I don't think so. I think Democrat. I think there. You be might some, get a few Republicans. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, they'd have to say, okay, fine, we get. But rid there's of, no. There won't be any Democrat. I mean, which Democrats would stray? Who? Bernie, Elizabeth Warren? No way. They're going to vote. They're going to yes. fall in line. Right. So now, Ted, you've talked. Now we've just talked about three to four months. <laughs> Stay with me on this. You add another six to 10 months to confirm a new vice president. Correct. I was hoping you would bring that up. Yes. So who and I have well, an idea. I think I, I know this was, can I your, guess, can I guess, can I guess? This was your idea. So why don't you go first? Yeah. Let me guess what you're thinking. Corey, wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to write it down so that like I can, I can prove, I'll hold it up because we do these podcasts 
you guys just get the audio, but we, Scott and I are, are look at each other because we're, we admire each other's good looks. Yes. We're and, so damn um, and so we, we, <laughs> it also helps just to read each other's faces. So I'm, I just wrote down the name of the person who uh, I think should be picked to replace Kamala Harris as vice president. By okay. Joe let Biden. me guess. I'm going to guess. And I'm pretty sure I'm right. Or I just said it. You're going to be again. right. Cory Booker. Oh, and what? Okay, here it is. Bring it close. Oh, you think Stacey Abrams? I because you can't replace a late uh, a lady with a dude. Otherwise, you're this is the Democratic Party. That's anti woke. That's un that's unwoke. That's un PC. That won't happen. It has. I, you can't. You can't swap out. You can't like. You can't downgrade. Get a first black president, first woman of color president, a vice president and replace her with uh, a, a, a first male <laughs> vice president, you know, a, a woman, a male of, uh, of color president. Yeah. I, I trip over these terms. Um, well, yeah, just because one does. So <laughs> <laughs> as one does. Look, Cory Booker is a good choice for president for 2024. I think he's a very viable candidate. Um, but anyway, what do you think of Stacey Abrams? I have never been a fan. I've got to be honest. I live but right for next this to her. But for this thing, the fill-in, the substitute. Look, she's unemployed. She's not doing anything. <laughs> um, you know, he, this is, he's trying to create jobs. Um, he's, he can create one job and um, she's unemployed. If I were him, I would tell her, listen, don't expect to run in 2024 or don't expect to run with my support or my endorsement. This is a fill-in position. You're, you're here, uh, you're a pinch hitter for two years, um, two and a half years, and make it of it what you will. Um, if the situation changes by you know December of 2023, we'll revisit this. But right now, you just get this gig. It solves that solves a lot of problems too. You know what the big problem it solves? The civil war within the Democratic Party. The progressive left loves Stacey Abrams, but no one can figure out what to do with her because she has no position. This fixes that problem. Wow. Okay. Well, that would I a I think you're right about the wokeness of the Democratic Party. There's no question. Yeah, you're you're right. As soon as I said it, I went, well, yeah, he has a penis, so no, no Corey. Right. Um, and so thinking on who it could be, then yeah, I, I mean, think Corey's a I think Corey's a contender for 24. But you keep saying that, and we'll have to see. He didn't seem to show it when he was kind of testing the waters a few years ago. But we'll you need we'll some see. good advice, Corey, if you're listening. Uh, you know my you have my number. Call me. <laughs> well, you don't have my number, but you can get it. Yeah, you're easier to look. I mean, you know, just call yeah. call your friends in the NSA and get my number. Yeah, it's super easy. Um you know, I that makes them that makes some sense. I thought about that, but I just don't. Boy, I don't know if she's ready for prime time. Do here's the consideration, and then we'll wrap this up because prime it's time. To... She's vice president. Well, no, but well, so is Kamala. But uh, you know, ah, yeah, yeah. Not so not so good. And by the way, th this look, uh, we don't know. We're never going to know whether Kamala was, uh, you know, just shivved by uh, the the president's staff who didn't like her, or whether she just really is as unpleasant as she seems. But the point is that whatever, it is what it is. When you have, when you're vice president and you're less, you're only a year into your term and 18 members of your staff want to leave. 
Yeah, it's not a good. Well, it could just be yeah, that they're so. a bunch of like disloyal assholes, but probably not. I mean, yeah, come probably on. not. No, yeah. that tells that tells you something. I see. I know you're playing devil's advocate, but it just. I am. I think she really is as unpleasant as she seems, and I, I, I would put money on that. So Stacey Abrams, I'll have to think on that one just because, boy, that's. Well, um, it has to be a woman of color. So, yeah. And so you're right. Who, so, really- the, the, you know, it's not. A, unfortunately, this is America. Systemic racism and sexism for hundreds of years. So we don't have a lot of contenders here, even in the Democratic Party. No, you really don't. You're right. So um, but my point is, you know, OK. The, and the it brings that- the progressives in. I mean, that that has been Biden's biggest problem is uh is is unifying yeah. keeping the party together yeah especially no, think- and that that would really fix the midterms issue i mean you you know, yeah progressives are are fixing to sit on their ass this november like they did in in 2016 for Hil- i was going to say for hillary but not for hillary yeah and so you know they don't that's what they're worried about they're probably going to lose the, ho- the house and the senate but, uh, you know, it could be even more devastating if they if they don't get progressives to the polls. Stacey Abrams as a pick would solve that problem. This energizes. This energizes the Democrats to vote and it they does. are. And so and it is a it's a you know, it's a swing for the fences. There's no doubt about it. But my gosh, I just think that it would be it's almost a no brainer in my view. I mean, it really is. And you're right. There is, I mean, there is a bit of house of cards in this way, convinced the sitting vice president to run for governor of wherever he was from. And then the bad guy got the vice presidency. Um, I think that this is a little more, this makes a little more sense. Now, if you're Joe Biden, assuming that he's, you know, can think about these things uh, and that's a big, that's a big ask, but well, his people, what's the political consideration going forward, picking a VP? Are you picking someone to just keep the seat warm? Or are you picking somebody? That I you- think you pick Abrams if you're just looking to keep the seat warm. Okay. I don't think you pick Abrams because I don't feel, I just feel like Abrams isn't presidential timber. Uh, that could change. But right now, that's how well, it feels. And given the, the um, as you said, the, um, <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, the uh, not so strong president who looks like you could keel over at any moment. Mm. Um, you know, she could be. You're also looking at someone who could be president. She and, could. Well, I think, could she be? I mean, I, well, anyone can be. I would be I mean, less scared of that. Yeah, that's been proven for <laughs> as the orange one has proven. Um, <laughs> yes, it's true. The great thing about America is anyone can be president. No, really, anyone can be yeah, president. Really. And they have been. <laughs> and yeah, you look at uh, and Buchanan, you and I are such Fillmore, Bush, uh, Pierce, the second. Yeah, Pierce. I mean, you could even argue Jackson. What a wank. But you know the thing about okay that now we're going to go on wonk land history wonk land. But Jackson was a huge was a powerful figure in America True. even long True. after he left office. True. Well, he founded the Democratic Party. Yeah, amazing guy. And so I mean, guys like uh, James K. Polk was uh, you know ran and won because of Andrew Jackson. True. Who was, and he had this whole orbit of pretty amazing people. True. True. Anyway. True. So Kamala Harris, Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, Vice President Stacey Abrams. That's our prediction. All right. I'm sticking to how it goes. I mean, look, this could go either way. I mean, it's politics. It's inherently unpredictable. And I think Politico is already saying, uh, I'm just reading an article, saying that this is outlandish and won't happen. Um, 
I don't think so. I think the odds are still better than 50-50 that this will happen. I'm sorry. Is this the same political that said there's no way in God's green earth Donald Trump could get the Republican nomination? I'm just wondering. I think clear. it's also the same politico that said that there was no doubt that Hillary Clinton would definitely win. Yeah. So, I mean, is this talk? I don't think it's crazy. And I didn't, I haven't read anybody else, by the way. I just, this just popped into my head. Obviously a, a friend of mine, who's a talk show. New York uh, post just posted something uh, as, okay. as New York news broke about Supreme court justice, Stephen Breyer retiring speculation ramped up that president Biden could tap embattled vice president Kamala Harris to replace him, keeping his promise to appoint a black woman to the high court while opening possibilities of a less politically tainted running mate for 2024. Yeah, running mate, air quotes. Uh, so. <laughs> well, let me ask you real quick, because you were, you've were you actually done some, some research on, and you have some personal-ish dealings with, there's a candidate from California, if he doesn't pick Harris, mm. who, uh, what is, do you know what her name is? The uh, justice from California. Oh, yeah, let's see. She sits see. on the California Supreme Court. She's okay. fairly young. Yeah. She's uh, f- fairly progressive. I mean, she fits all those. It would be such a convention, which is weird. I mean, it tells you how far we've come, but it would be a conventional choice, frankly. Uh, her name is Leandra Kruger. Um, I've watched her argue uh, via closed circuit television uh, before the California Supreme Court. Um, she uh, is a, uh, she was, te- she was appointed by uh, Jerry Brown, to the um, to the court, and uh, she is from South Pasadena, California. Um, I found her extremely impressive, and by that I mean she seemed to understand the law and had common sense. Which, uh, trust me, after my experience in uh, <laughs> my experience in the uh, uh, court system of the state of California, is highly unlikely and unusual. So, um, you know, I'm trying to see how old she is, too. She's pretty young. She's 45 years old, yeah. uh, which is, they, you know, they appoint them young nowadays because uh, obviously uh, they want the, these, these, can't, these, uh, these justices to stay around for decades after they're gone. So, I was reading an early roundup of the, cho- of the, of the possibilities, and she was, uh, someone mentioned in one of their stories, I can't remember if it was the Washington Post or who it was, that said that she would be more of a Sandra Day O'Connor type of a justice. That's how she's been in California. And you say that's bullshit. I think she's more, well, she's far to the left of Sandra Day O'Connor. Um, and uh, I think she's pretty impressive. You know, she struck, one of the things is when I heard about her name come up, uh, you know, I thought, well, she's very intelligent. Uh, she seems to have integrity. So I don't see how she can possibly get this nomination. <laughs> Well, okay. Let's before we wrap this up, let's let's say he appoints someone like her uh, uh, or someone yeah. else on the list. Sure. I mean, does that, that also? That, you know how these things go. The first the first person who's floated never gets the gig. Um, uh, that's not always the case, but usually, um, would she? I mean, would this? We're you're you know you you write the progressive column for the Wall Street Journal. What what would your progressive friends react to someone like this? They, they wouldn't know who she was. So they'll, they'll do a dive. They'll look at her voting record. They'll look at her, how she's uh, decided things. Who knows? They might say, well, you know, she failed to stand up for Ted Rawl in his case against the Los Angeles Times. So yes. maybe fuck her. 
that's a uh, deal breaker in the Senate. No yeah, doubt. yeah, yeah, totally. That could totally. I, I think my old buddy Bernie Sanders might put the kibosh on her over that. Now, probably not. Um, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna do a dive, and you know, I mean, it's the same. Look, Kamala Harris is gonna have a major problem uh, explaining her record as AG in California if she's the nominee for the Supreme Court. But she can do it. Um, all she has to do really is express regret that she sent an innocent man to death row and promise to send a memo asking for them to let her let him go. And that'll be that. Um, uh, you know, they're just going to do a dive. They're going to find out what's up with, with anyone who comes up. But at this point, I think the Democratic Party is so desperate to, re- to make sure the Republicans don't get to pick someone that they're going to, you know, pretty much whoever the Biden administration nominates is going to sail right through. Yeah, no, I do. And so if I'm a progressive, I'm thinking, please, Lord, don't let it be a moderate. Uh, Yes, that's right. Um, Because really, there hasn't been a progressive nominated to the Supreme Court within memory. So, um, you know, uh, you, I mean, RBG passed for a, for a progressive. I mean, she wasn't really. But, you know, that's how bad how how badly things have moved to the right. But, you know, if it look, if if the House were the advise and consent uh, branch of the uh, legislature, we'd be we'd be having a completely different conversation with the squad and all. But, you know, they're not. It's the Senate. and There aren't really any real progressives in the Senate. Well, okay. there's our prediction. There's our breaking news podcast, the first one we've done. So hopefully we'll do more as if if news we feel the news necessitates it. So uh, thanks for listening to this special, special edition of the DMZ America podcast. I'm Scott Stanis coming to you from the right. Ted Rall coming to you from the left. See you next time. Ciao. (laughs) 